like to follow along, it's also printed in the middle of your bulletin insert. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the tomb, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb. For terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Here ends our reading. There's an ancient story that tells of enduring blessings and the presence of God. It's from the book of Enoch, from the 4th century BCE. In it, angels show Enoch what happens when we meet death. Raphael and Michael take Enoch to different lands until he sees a place of seven mountains. And on the seventh mountain, the seat of God's throne, there is one especially beautiful and fragrant it's revealed that at the final judgment, this tree will be given to the righteous. The tree's fragrance will be in their bones, and they will live long upon the earth and free of torment. This is a vision of promised lands to be lived here. And it comes with fortified strength unseen but present deep in our bones. About a month ago, YouTube's algorithms introduced me to Chance the Rapper and four of his fellow artists performing his song, Blessings. He tells of trials endured, makes reference to a children's story of self-exile, of having to learn to conquer stampedes, and of surviving. He also speaks of promised lands, and the refrain repeats like a prophecy of well-being. Are you ready for your blessings? Are you ready for your miracles? Everything I've given you, I've given you. You got it. You got it. It's coming. Are you ready for your blessings? like a child encouraged by a loving parent to get up and try again, 
they made me believe. Believe that blessings are coming, that we do have this. Believe not only that we can rise, but that we have risen. Believe in promised lands, that a new vision of life is here, a vision of well-being, of the all things put right, of shalom. There are layers behind this song. Historical, cultural, religious, personal layers. Much of which I can only imagine. I received it, at least in part, as present to the enduring efforts of activists working for the dignity of all people, including their own. And as a fellow human being, navigating the daily dying and rising of life, they reminded me of a strength unseen but present deep in my bones. I believed because I recognized the well of their human dignity, the depth of strength, creativity, generosity, and love, and was reminded of my own. I wonder, I wonder if Mark's telling of Jesus' resurrection might have had something to do with the recognition of human dignity as well. The great Martin scholar Adela Yarbrough Collins writes extensively of the context out of which Mark arose including the development of the idea of resurrection and of the empty tomb. She tells of the suspicious disappearance of Romulus, the founder of Rome. Because of tension between Romulus and other patriarchs of Rome, it was believed that his disappearance was in fact as a result of his murder. A well-respected Roman patriarch, Julius Proculus, reported that he had later seen Romulus along a road, dressed in bright and shining armor. Standing there, Romulus told him that it was the will of the gods that he now lived in heaven. The people accepted Julius' testimony, built a temple to Romulus, and honored him as a god from then on. Adela Collins writes that Mark was likely aware of Romulus and of the tradition of emperors to follow who had ascended to heaven and become gods. Now the resurrection has become about many things. Deliverance, a challenge to those who would cause harm, not even death would prevent Jesus, will prevent us from rising. With the raising of the cross is the raising of the people's true king. I wonder if the resurrection story became in part a show of respect for the dignity of the life they knew in the person of Jesus, even though he was killed in such an awful way just as with Romulus. 
And I imagine in doing that and being determined to recognize his humanity, they were gifted back their own. It was not a narrative of overcoming being human, but living into it. They stood up for the dignity they shared in common. There is a kind of rising in that, something energizing that causes one to believe, to believe in blessings in promised lands, awakened with the fragrance of the tree, reminded, we've got it. It's a daily occurrence, our dying and rising, and a lifelong process. Whether it is not showing up the way we had hoped, in our relationships, in our work, when we've lost the sock to the dryer, or when we find ourselves fully disoriented in the tomb with the heartache of loss, to be able to let go of the failures, failures of a moment, to be able to emerge again from the tomb and find the kindness, hope, stubbornness to show up again is a tiring, beautiful reality. It gives me hope. In our, common in our common humanity, that we can rise again, that we do rise again. As some of you know, each week I transition out of my ministerial robes and into the world of working to end domestic violence and to empower those who have endured being made to live small. One of the gifts of that work is being able to bear witness to another. I was once sitting with a woman who could have been any woman, who was trying to make sense of her reality that she was in an abusive relationship. And then came familiar words. The scariest part she said, is that I've lost who I am. I used to be a strong, independent woman. I don't know who I am anymore. Words similar to these have been spoken by others many times before. I didn't always realize the strength it takes to live small. It was only later that I understood the fragrance of the tree is always there. And in that moment, I got to reflect back the depth of her dignity. Having risen, I believed she too would rise, that she was rising. When we have lost our center, Amazingly, we are still able to recognize the truth of our humanity when it is reflected back to us. It's like awakening the fragrance of the tree. Almost immediately, we begin to float back up, rising through the muck, 
And part of the reverberating gift is that when we honor the dignity in another, we reinvigorate our own. And hope grows. We touch the promised land. We bring in blessings. We are fortified with the strength unseen but present, deep in our bones. Our ancient ancestors were determined to honor the dignity of the life they knew in Jesus. They were reminded of the depth of their own dignity and began to believe what was possible. Together with them, we are invited to believe. When Christ rises, we rise. And so we say, he is risen indeed. Amen.